Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Welcome to episode 123 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is historical fiction. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the history nut, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? I'm pretty relieved because um, even though I am the history nut, you're the one who's you're you're the one who's leading the big part of this episode. I get to sit back and just listen. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Don't you feel great where I'm just like throwing you under the bus right away? If this is a bad episode, it's Claire's fault. <laughs> I'm ready. I've done my research. Well, yeah, right. you know, for the book anyway. Anyway, right. uh, how's your week been? I have some news. Is it possible? I know I always fail you when you want some kind of sound effect, but um, I know you are better at this. Can I get a drum roll? Oh, please? okay. Yeah. The co-write is with the editor. I am finally catching up on the sleep that I did not have all last week. Um, I really hate tight deadlines, but it is part of the life of an indie author, especially when you do support yourself by writing. You always have deadlines, as one of my teachers loved to say. No project is ever done. There are only deadlines, and I I live and die by my deadlines. So hopefully I won't die, though. So the co-write is with the editors, so I get, I get a little bit of a break from that. I always enjoy this part where, like, the story's been driving you crazy and you get to send it off and you don't have to think about it. I always enjoy this time away from the words. Yes, yes. That that, that was uh, when we went to Scotland for two weeks, and that was very nice. Also, the arcs of GLH are going out. For the un- uninitiated, GLH is Girl Love Happens. You're just acronym crazy there. So when you say that the arcs of this have gone out, so um, these are done in series, right? Or not series? What am I? Yeah. Gonna... So each series, each season. Season. So this will be season three, and each season has six episodes. So I just box them all together. Originally, the idea was to release them individually, but this was way before Kindle Vella, and that turned out not to be a great idea. It wasn't easy for me to market. So this is. Another thing I'm curious about uh, Kindle Bella, because I have tried series before or seasons before, and it, it stuttered. So I'm, I'm, seri- I'm wondering if Amazon can make it better for all of us. But anywho, so all six episodes of season three so, has been bundled into. So how many, uh, just, just I don't know, how many uh, words are we talking? Six episodes of season three. Um, season three, I happen to know, um, is clocking in about a little over 60k each episode is usually around my aim is 10,000 but I know with like season three um the first few episodes were closer to 11 and then last two were closer to nine so it kind of varies but my my goal for each season is around 60k okay I still don't have a uh publication date yet for that one I'm still kind of holding it uh playing it by ear and a car update I I don't have my car yet I'm still waiting for everything so um I just, I don't have my new set of wheels yet. So hopefully soon, hopefully I'll be uh, let loose on the roads. I'm sure everyone is excited for me to be driving again. I haven't had a car in 10 years, so I'm sure this will go fine for everybody involved. Hmm. No problems whatsoever. No. Uh, So we're going to give away one thing about your car every week then. So last week we had the revelation that it was black. Um, what, What make is it? It's a Honda. Tune in next week, everyone, for another revelation about TB's new car. I better purchase it. I better 
purchase it now. Yeah. <laughs> the pressure is really on. So since, you know, GLH was, is with the art team and the co-write is with the editor, um, technically I'm on vacation right now. My scheduled time off uh, for the first two weeks of August. Originally, I had planned to go away for the entire time, but I'm having a difficult time finding sitters for Gray. Gray is my cat. The person who used to sit for me, uh, who used to sit for Atticus, doesn't do it anymore because of COVID concerns. And all of my backups are saying the same. Gray and I are going to kick it at home together. <laughs> I might do some uh, day trips, especially hopefully I'll have my car by then. I'm planning to go to barbecues with friends, but I am really looking forward to not looking at my laptop. That's the big part of my vacation. I'm cutting the cord for two weeks. Make sure you do, because it was uh, very welcome when I did it. So, highly recommended. We've all been on our laptops even more with everything, as uh, people are working from home, or blah, blah, blah. You really need a time away from the screens. And I always like to schedule my time off, right? like like what you did with uh, your Scot- Scotland trip. Like, you set your book off and then went off. It does help you not think about it when you try to um, keep your brain relaxed, instead of like going, oh shit, that was a plot thread I should have followed up it is, you enjoy the time off more and it makes you more refreshed for when you do have to face the words again because the story never dies, it keeps coming back. Never dies. The undead. That's what the stories are. <laughs> so yeah, so that's what's going on here. I don't have a lot of updates because um, I'm on vacation, bitches. Good. Well, um, as for me, Big London Dreams is out and soaking up the sunshine. Uh, we are recording this a little bit early so because TV's going away. I haven't got a lot of update on it, but I'm sure it is out and soaking up the sunshine and, and, and looking pretty. Sparkly new uh, ebook on the charts. I'm sure it's like the number one, number two. Yes, we'll absolutely. Put it up there. <laughs> Book eight in the series. I'm very sure that it's right there. Every time I launch a book, as I'm sure you know, my wife and I like to go out for dinner. And even we did it, even did it in COVID times. If we couldn't go out for dinner, we got a fancy dinner delivered. So um, this time around, we went to a, a seafood restaurant up in Islington and uh, had a delicious meal up there. So Islington, a bit of a schlep, but we did it. It's kind of a charming area though. I know it's a little bit out there, but it's a charming little area to go to. Yeah. Well, we used to live nearby, so um, we have fond memories. We we courted back in the day in Islington a lot. We used to go out uh, to bars and restaurants in Islington. Yes, <laughs> I'm still in my historical fiction uh, mindset, right? If I, know, I just got a picture of you guys like in corsets with those yeah. like umbrellas and <laughs> like walking around singing like I don't know musical songs like la 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 this is great we're courting yeah it's pretty, it's pretty much how we courted dance halls tea urns you know custard creams that was basically it yeah so it was nice to go out in Islington we actually got married in uh, in Islington Town Hall so it's got a lot of connection for us so that was nice and then my new book um I did finish uh, the first draft um, and it had a lot of holes in it, so <laughs> I spent a, a couple of days going through uh, it on the Kindle, uh, tut, 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 uh, and the second draft is now underway. My notes, I think, are going up a little bit, because um, there seem to be a few more, but it, we, we safely were in the six to 700 notes area. So suffice it to say that I've got a bit of work ahead of me over the next few weeks. It's nice to be on to stage two. Uh, this is always like the, this is always like the grunt, the grunting stage, isn't it? Grunting? Is that right? No. <laughs> you just sit in your chair and grunt. 
Do you know, there was a guy doing that in the library the other day. So I've been taking to going out to the cafe or going out to the library because the library's air-conditioned and it's got a nice sort of uh, quiet study area. And there was a guy who came in the other day and he's just sitting there and just grunting a lot. Uh, I don't know what he was doing in there. He was clearly in the wrong bit, but um, it was just, it was very British because we all just sat around and sort of kept looking up and then looking down. The whole, there's about 10 people in the quiet study area. He was not being quiet. But what are you supposed to do? I mean, I don't think I would be like, can you just stop grunting? I mean, you don't, like, you don't make eye contact when someone says, like, literally kind of acting kind of crazy in a public space. No. That's just my training from riding on public transport. Never make eye contact. He did keep just getting up all the time, just getting up and then coming back and then tutting and grunting. And it's just like, oh, luckily he was only there for about 20 minutes. Uh, everybody was ready to sling him out after a while. But anyway. Yeah, he was also working on his second draft. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't even have a laptop. He just like came in with a book that he picked up in the library. So um, yeah, I think he just wanted some attention. And the thing I did this week as well is uh, I uploaded the covers for the long weekend. Da, da, da. Yes, <laughs> I've only had them for about two months, maybe three. So uh, they're all changed now on um, the ebooks and the print books. And, you know, it's like when you're wide with the book, it's a lot trickier to do. It's not just a case of going to Amazon and changing the covers. And also you have to remember to do it on all the different uh, formats because I've got uh, ebook, print and audio. So going into the audio, I had to then uh, change the audio cover and then that has to go through the ACX approval process again. So it's off sale for 10 days. It actually went off sale because I had to change a word in the setup blurb which never actually changed so it still has the typo in the setup blurb because I'm not sure how to change it and they keep telling me I need to do it and when I try to do it they don't do it but it was still on sale I thought so is it not on sale no oh, actually well I haven't actually checked uh, but they just said that it would be has to go through the thing so I just assumed never assume it makes an ass out of you and me doesn't it everything makes an ass out of me no it's there with the new cover now already they haven't emailed me about it well, I mean, it is ACX. I mean, they're trying. They are making changes that are positive for all of us, but um, it's still ACX. But, yeah, hey. I remember, I still, I probably should address that typo in the setup, but I'm just like, it's it's kind of hard. I'm yeah. not sure how to do it because I keep trying. And when I do, the narrator is the producer of this book. I didn't upload the file. She did. So I have to ask her to unlock it. <laughs> Because, which makes sense, doesn't it? As the rights holder, I have to have the narrator. So I have to, and she lives in the UK, and so there's a type. So, so right now there's just a typo in the setup. I apologize. I know it's there. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. So, but that was um, a good thing to get done. But as ever, it's it's a lot more involved than you first think. Uh, you know, with the the print covers as well, doing those, and then of course I've got some other uh, ones that I haven't uh, updated yet. Like for instance, um, on Bella Books where I sell my books and also at Ilva Publishing where I sell my books. So I will give them the uh, updated cover when I give them probably Big London Dreams because I don't want to give every single little thing to these uh, other places which are actually done by actual humans. It's not just an automated system. So you don't want to don't piss people off too much, do you? But I'm very pleased with the cover because it, it's graphic-led, so it looks it looks more like the rest of my books now. So I think it works better. So that's good. Excellent, good job. Do you, you don't use Draft the Digital, right? I do. do. You? So even when you use that, you can't just change it there. Yeah. Are they yeah. supposed to upload to all the platforms? I use Draft the Digital to get to Apple Books and Nook mainly, and then all the other ones that they do. But I go direct to Kobo, and I, 
Kobo and I go direct to Google Play. So I have to upload to those as well. So I've got like about five different platforms, okay. plus the audiobook platforms because I do that via ACX and Findaway Voices. So, you know, and then a couple of others. So it ain't simple TV. And then you have to remember to do it on your website because I've done it on all those. And then I went to my website and it's all this old covers. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I went to my author website recently and I was like looking for a book page and I was like, oh, I haven't updated my book pages. Not all my books that are published are actually on my author website. That's really brilliant marketing TV. <laughs> really brilliant. <laughs> it's all these little things that just take time. So, uh, yeah. And just switching between tasks, right? There's so much uh, evidence that switching between tasks just slows you down. Um, like today, I was meant to do, um, you know, a certain amount of uh, editing and then didn't quite do the requisite amount because I was just twisting, twisting and turning TB, like a tornado in the wind or something, like a windy bit of wind. Yes, a windy bit of wind. <laughs> Have you got any comments? Comment monitor. First up, we had Mira who was uh, laughing out loud about uh, double fisting. I think I asked you if you were double fisting your drinks because uh, that's a phrase we use in the US and I always forget that everyone else has a different version, a different <laughs> definition of that. So, um, and also Amira thanked us for uh, adding to Mira's to read list because I think that was also the comment uh, or the episode about our favorite summer reads. So, uh, thanks so much for coming in, Mira. We also had a comment from Michelle Reynolds, who is a fellow lesbic author. Michelle is a fan of the podcast we do. Uh, Michelle is behind on episodes has but has been skipping around and trying to catch up. Michelle, thanks us for doing the podcast, and also Candice. I think I caught this today. Uh, help push out our uh, episode on translations, the one that uh, Claire expertly helms, since I am not into translations yet. Candace said it was very insightful. So Candace also said to be sure to follow us, which leads us into my last bit of the comment section. We have a Twitter update where we have surpassed 400 followers. Ooh, doot doot. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. Good one. So now... Uh, I got my eye on 500. So, and also I'm trying to tweet out more on that uh, Twitter account. So I'm trying to actually, you know, utilize it. <laughs> Again, this is one of those things where you just forget all the things you have to do. <laughs> and I have one comment um, from Anya, who I think um, you mentioned last episode um, has bought us a few coffees. So thank you, Anya. But she said that also that she was listening to the translation uh, episode and she said it was excellent, fun to listen to, but also very informative and um, with her being in Germany, she wasn't aware that Germany was so far behind the UK in the digital economy. Uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, I do think it is interesting uh, where people are, where countries are uh, when it comes to books. So I hope that was informative for everyone. Yeah, especially if you are already an ebook user or a reader, and then you're like, wait, not everyone's using uh, or reading on ebook. So yeah, it is always interesting. Yeah. I'm always fascinated when people are like, how do I get this book? And I have to walk them through how to do a Kindle book. And I'm like, it's something I've been doing for so long now. And I always forget, not everyone's on board yet, but they are. They're getting there. The rest of the it's world. exciting times. Yeah, the rest of the world will soon be reading all our books, TB. I know, so you can buy your house so you can have that I special know. fancy coffee maker, which <laughs> in the U.S. is just like a regular coffee maker. But for you... <laughs> You have to have a new house. Well, you know, you know, like, as we said, uh, it's a global business. And I did get an email from somebody in the Philippines today. And I asked on my uh, autoresponder sequence that you um, sign up to when you sign up to my mailing list. So I send you a list of questions and I ask you uh, certain things. And one of them is, uh, how did you hear about my books? 
and um, this woman said that she heard about me via a book reviewer on TikTok. So she said that I should go and get my own TikTok because the gays would love me. You know, a little like um, apps, uh, downloading too many apps. <laughs> TikTok scares me a little bit. I, you know, I struggled doing a couple of reels for Instagram, so I'm not sure how great I'd be on TikTok. I'm, I'm a bad dancer. I know you have to dance a lot, right? Uh, I think that's a, a requirement for all uh, TikTok videos. But it, it, again, it's one of those things though, like um, we can only do so much social media at one time. And if you try to do all of them, you're going to do all of them badly. But if you focus on one, you might be more successful. But again, the trends change drastically all the time. So it's really hard to keep up. Yeah. Really hard to keep up. But it just goes to show that you never know where people are going to find out about you. Because I wouldn't have thought that somebody would find out about me on TikTok. But then this woman has already read three of my books. So Thank you, TikToker. Yes. <laughs> hurrah for book reviewers on TikToker. TikToker, TikTok. Right. Let's get on to the topic <laughs> at hand, which is, which is, what is it? It's historical fiction. TB suggested this and probably a very good suggestion because I've just written my first historical fiction book. So uh, we thought we'd just uh, touch on the things that you might want to consider if you too are thinking of uh, writing historical fiction. So do you want me to just take this one away, TB? Well, I can say as a reader, I really enjoy historical fiction, but as a writer, I, it scares the crap out of me because I know I would probably uh, drown myself in research and not actually get the words on the page because I love research. I'm, I'm really fucking nerdy. Like, I was going through my books the other day and I was like, these are all pretty much just history and political science books. I need to buy more fiction. <laughs> so I'm excited to for you to share your pearls of wisdom. Okay. Well, you see, I'm the opposite of that. So I've got a lot of fiction books and I tend to read fiction. And I don't like really reading non-fiction very much. Um, I do read the occasional sort of self-help or businessy book, but it's normally under sufferance and I'm going to get really bored about a third of the way through. So if you held my attention to the end, you've done well. In fact, you're, you're a miracle worker. I did, I was really gung-ho when I, when I went into this because I thought, right, it's London. I love London. And, you know, reading about the history of people in London and, and places that I might still be going, I thought, well, that's that's interesting, right? But no, I did buy a couple of History of London books and um, I opened them a couple of times and then I didn't really read them. I sort of skimmed a couple of pages. So um, it just goes to show that do know your strengths. <laughs> don't go out. If you don't read nonfiction books, don't go out and buy £100 worth of um, history books because they'll look nice on your shelf, but I didn't really read them. Do you at least get the write them off on your taxes as a business expense? Yes, you do. Yes. So okay. that's good, isn't it? So yeah. it's not, not worthless. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I might have a picture of myself holding the book, going, look, this is what I read, honest. Um, no, I haven't done that. I haven't lied. But for me, I decided, yeah, to, to focus on London in the 50s. And I think I was focusing on London in the 50s just because I knew that I'd be able to ask my mum and dad about it because they courted and got married in London in the 50s. So I knew that they would be able to give me a flavour of it. Uh, and also, I think that it's not as difficult to find out about stuff in the 50s. Like, it's a world that I can comprehend, whereas a world like, you know, 1918 or something, or the 19th century, that would be a bit more out of the realm like I've seen movies with this world in it so I can understand it where I don't want to write about something where everyone's wearing corsets and 
driving around in horse and carriage. That's not me, and I wouldn't be interested in doing it. But historical fiction, probably I could go back to um, the 1950s, is probably about as early as I would want to do. Uh, because, you know, pop music's coming in, I, even World War II, I wouldn't want to write about that era. So that was the reasoning behind it. So that's tip one. Choose an era that you're interested in and choose an era that you you want to you want to find out about because if you don't want to find out about it you're going to be banging your head against the wall for a long time um so what did i do research wise well as i said um i read i did read um weirdly i read a couple of fiction books set in the 1950s so again fits with who i am as a researcher right um and i did buy a couple of books so i did glean a few bits i did uh, write some notes from this book and the one book i really loved actually was a book of photographs from the 1950s london that one gave me a lot of information and he just had like captions so I can read non-fiction captions perfectly <laughs> and that just gave me a lot of vi visual clues um, to the area. I also watched YouTube videos of what the area was like in the 50s and also what the tube was like and what the stations were like um, and I looked at those videos for what people were wearing um, and also but this book of photographs that I that I bought which was brilliant that that had a lot of what the streets looked like what people were wearing I also looked up um, menus for the era from restaurants so and I spoke to people who were there so I spoke to my mum and dad I spoke to another friend's mum who was a machinist so the inspiration for the book as well is quite personal um, so if you can come up with something that is going to really resonate with you as I did again that's I think that will come through in the writing so the inspiration for the book was my mum because she was a machinist in 1950s London and she worked in a factory just off Tottenham Court Road um, and she lived in a place called the White City, the White City Estate and so I had my character live in exactly the flat that my mum lived in, 24 Auckland House because the White City Estate was built in the 1940s and it was named after Commonwealth places. So does someone still live in that place like after this book takes off and you're able to buy this house with a coffee pot or are people going to knock on that door? Maybe. And make the... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I actually had a look around this flat because it was for sale a few years ago, and they still had the details on Zoopla. So I was able to go into the flat. So and was I was it weird knowing that your mom lived there. Yeah, it was a little bit weird, and I think it did make it, you know, as I said, very personal in a good way to to know that. And also, what I did was I I went on the Zoopla site now, and I had a look at all the flats that are for sale in the White City because it's a big estate, right? There's thousands of people live there, hundreds of thousands. Of probably thousands of flats so I had a look at some of the flats that are there so I could get a obviously they would have changed but I could get a, a gist of the layout um, and the size and then I looked at online at photos of 1950s kitchens just to get the layout of those and I asked people um, who were there what was your kitchen like I have a question you said you looked at menus what was like mm. the most common meal out I'm not sure what was the most common meal out. People didn't really eat out that much. It was very much special occasions. So, and and my characters wouldn't have done it that much. But um, obviously, they they did when they first met and were trying to impress each other. But they went to a, they were going to trying to go to an Italian restaurant, but it was closed. So they ended up having fish and chips, but by candlelight. Probably fish and chips was good. But you know, one thing that I didn't realize was there was a huge coffee culture in London in the 1950s. So my mum and dad were telling me this, and they would go for coffee, and it was quite a quite an event. Um, and there were that's, massive coffee shops all over London. That's funny you mentioned it. I just read that in a news article like last week, and I was like, I don't remember a big coffee culture in London, but they, yeah, 
I just read that. Yeah. Interesting. And, you know, similarly, when I was growing up in the 70s, there was no coffee culture in the UK at all. But apparently in the 50s, there was. So it came, it went away, and then it came back. Now we've got huge coffee culture, but uh, as everywhere in the world, but in the 1950s, it was big. So that's one thing. So that's how I researched it. And um, if you can get an inspiration and think of the time period you want and does it interest you. The other thing is to make remember that you are you're using real events. So like like this these times happened, um, and you know in in my in my book I use real events that happened as sort of anchors in the story. But remember that you're also writing fiction, so you don't have to have it absolutely like perfect. I mean you want to get it near as damn it, but you do, but you the characters who are involved in these scenes they're not real. So, um, <laughs> you know, like my mum was the inspiration for uh, Eunice, the, one of the stars of the book, who was a machinist and lived at the White City, but that's where everything ends. My mum didn't have an affair with a woman that I know. Um, <laughs> and she didn't marry a man called, uh, oh, I can't go, shall I give that away? She didn't, she didn't marry, she married my dad. She didn't marry the bloke in the book, did she? So uh, it's, it's, a it's a jumping off point. And for instance, um, in the book, so things that I looked up that took place around that time in London um, were the boat race. So the boat race is an event that happens every year in, um, in the UK and it's between Oxford and Cambridge universities. It happens on the river in the West. And my mum has always told me about it was a big thing in the West London. So she would always go and stand on Hammersmith Bridge. So I have them standing on Hammersmith Bridge. And it was the boat race of 1958. Now the boat race actually started at one o'clock, but for my book, I needed it to start a little bit later. So it starts at 2.30 in my book. That's what I mean. You don't, if someone's gonna quibble with me about that, you know what I mean? It's like, you have to, you're basing it on real events, but it doesn't have to be totally exact. I have to admit, Hammersmith Bridge is one of my favorite bridges. I, I, I'm, I'm quite chuffed that your mom used to stand there, near there and watch the race there. I, well, I find that to be, a very delightful part of London. Uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic bridge, but it's also been closed for about the last two or three years um, because the, it can't hold the weight of uh, the amount of traffic that's going over it. And it's a huge battle. But anyway, that's by the by. I also sprinkle the book. So um, with stuff I picked up, like uh, there was a, the first ever CND rally took place in Trafalgar Square in 1958. So I put that in the book and had them go to it. There what, CND rally? Campaign for nu Nuclear Disarmament. CND was big when I was growing up in the 80s uh, with the Cold War and everything. But CND is just getting started in the late 50s. So I put that in. Uh, the Star newspaper was the one, the big one on the streets of London. So I put that in. And I read as well, from all from mainly from this uh, book of photographs, that on the around Piccadilly Circus, there were just loads of um, people selling plastic toys from trestle tables. Um, and I thought, wow, that was happening in the 50s and it still happens today. And yeah, so that was interesting. So I put those in. But as you said, the one thing to, so those are the things that you should focus on, but don't let the research take over the project so you never actually get any writing done. That would be really easy, like you said, to go down rabbit holes. Um, I did it with like some theatre research, wondering what was going on at the particular theatres that she was crossing, crossing the road and looking at. Don't get bogged down in those details. Um, what you want to do, as with any research, is do a more thorough job than you actually include in the book. So don't include everything, because it's not a history book. That's what you really need to focus on. You need to focus on the story. It's a fiction book. 
Um, so make sure there's enough fiction in there. It's not a history book. <laughs> and also the money re research. I spent about an, an afternoon trying to work out how much things cost because it's really difficult because I didn't understand the money because it was pre-decimalization. But in the end, I just kind of left things vague and nobody really nobody really pays with any particular amount of money. They just pay for things. And that's a way around it. And don't get bogged down in the dialogue as well. So you don't, you can include some phrases, but don't overdo it. So I would say just write as you would expect people to, to talk and then, you know, sort of massage the edges so that it doesn't sound so modern. Include some bits. So for instance, um, in my book, they talk about fellas a lot because that's how my mum always refers to blokes. The language, it has changed, but then again, it hasn't changed. So just remember that you're not going to be... There were a few phrases I used that were picked up by beta readers who said, would they be saying that? Uh, maybe, maybe not, but don't get too bogged down in it. So the key things to take away are, remember that you're not writing a history book. It's a fictional story, just like any novel. Don't get bogged down in your research. Remember the characters are still humans. They still, hu they still have humour. So write a period and write about a period that excites you. Yeah, it's like when you're, if you're writing someone who has a very thick accent, you don't include the accent in every piece of dialogue because it does get hard for the reader to keep reading it that way. Yeah. So you want to, you want to like um, cherry pick certain things to be like, yeah, I do know the time period, but I'm not going to um, beat you over the head with it. Exactly. And, you know, it would be probably quite tempting to, to go in all guns blazing with a bit of cockney, you know, like, cool, blimey, governor. But then you would be getting into Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins territory and nobody wants to revisit that, do they? So, um, yeah, don't don't go so avoid cliche I suppose is what we're saying and really that is advice for it for any book you write are you are you picking on Dick Van Dyke I have a soft spot for him for some reason <laughs> <laughs> I've read his like autobiography no, I just find him very charming but um he fully admits he fucked up the accent yeah <laughs> so many Americans do and it's 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 kind of it's kind of bizarre because you know I can kind of forgive Dick Van Dyke because it was back in the day, right? But now the world is such a homogenous place that it's unforgivable to fuck up the accent. Says the woman who does an over-top American accent every time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I read an article yesterday in the paper how um, a lot of American parents, because a lot of kids uh, binge-watched Peppa the Pig. Is it Peppa the Pig? Peppa Pig. In, in the U.S., and now they're, uh, they're picking up key... Uh, British words like they're saying mummy and telly and can I have a biscuit and this is kind of funny because I, I find it charming because I kind of miss it but um apparently some American parents aren't very happy about it which I say you know fuck off <laughs> it's fun to expand your horizons yeah as for accents I couldn't I, I would not be able to do better than Dick Van Dyke but again that is we all know that's just not my thing anyway I do not do accents whatsoever I was going to say I can barely speak on this podcast you're not an actor for a living that's the difference I think oh my god can you imagine <laughs> watching me in a film it would be like excruciating for everyone involved I will say that it was scary to do it and I think it would be scary to do any time piece I gave myself more time to do this historical uh, romance, and then obviously it ran over because of um, you know issues uh, with my with my family. So so that's that's neither here nor there. But I did probably give myself about another four weeks to to do all the research and to get things right. So I hope I have. I'm sure that there will be bits where you know people pick me up or people say that that wouldn't happen. 
And you know, like we were saying before, and we've said many times on different podcasts, you won't get everything perfect, but just do the best you can do in that moment. But if you've been thinking about doing um, a historical fiction novel and it's something that you think you might fancy, why not give it a go? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things you, you're you adding to the backlist, you're, uh, you're telling your, what would you say, this is book eight in the series? Yeah. So you're, you're kind of changing it up a little bit to keep it fresh. It's kind of funny. You're keeping it fresh by going back in time. Yes. But I know. It's exciting. Yes. I love the little twist you've thrown I in. I know. I did time travel TV. It's like I'm on an episode of Quantum Leap. Where are they pooping? <laughs> it's all right. They, <laughs> they, can, they, can, they can poo. Don't worry. <laughs> Obsessed with poo. <laughs> Yeah, I should, shouldn't I? There you go. Yeah. There's my pat on Absolutely. the back. I am encouraging everyone to buy it because okay. Claire really wants that house with the coffee pot. <laughs> Come on, peeps. Let's help Claire's dream. Maybe we should pre-create like a little like a little thermometer thing where you can be like, this is how much money I need when we can keep adding to it. You know, this is yeah. this, this goes beyond buy me a coffee, doesn't it? It's buy me a, a house for my coffee machine. That wouldn't fit on the button, right, would it? It's not like buy you the whole house, but pitch in. Buy Claire's book so she can reach this dream of having an American coffee pot. <laughs> and then she's going to make her wife just wander around and follow her and fill up her coffee. <laughs> I'm sure she won't have any complaints about no, that. No complaints at all. None. All right, well, let us know if uh, historical fiction is something that you would consider. I would hardly encourage it because it is interesting to do something a bit different. Let us know what you think. Uh, ways to get in touch. Website, www.lesbianswhowrite.com. Leave us a comment. Emails, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. Facebook us, Twitter us at leswhowrite. Instagram me. And if you love what we do and would like to help with all the expenses uh, behind the scenes, do go over to the website, click the button and buy us a coffee. It would be much appreciated. And join us next time around when we will be discussing other burning issues of the moment. And we might have all been, we might all be really hot because we're all wilting in the heat, both in the UK and the US right now. Yes, it's been a, it's been a scorcher and a lot of humidity. Really, that's another reason why my hair just keeps standing up. My hair does not do well in any conditions, especially humidity. Well, that's it for now. Stay safe and keep riding. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.